Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have a chance to go on to 600 AM KGEZ with Anthony Knockreiner in his show, The Knock on Sports. This week we'll be talking about the win over the Arizona Cardinals, that 27-10 victory, some of the highlights, and we get into Will Disley and whether or not he can become an elite tight end in the NFL. Also, we preview the matchup with the LA Rams on Thursday night. We make our picks for this weekend's set of games. And before we get there, why don't we take a look at the Seahawks injury report going into this Thursday night game with the LA Rams. Only two players listed as questionable for the Seahawks, Dwayne Brown and Ethan Posick. Posick's been out for a few weeks. Dwayne Brown has a biceps injury. He did not participate in practice on Tuesday, but he was a full participant on Wednesday and he was limited to start the week on Monday. A couple other players limited on Monday. Mike Upati's foot bothering him, but he was a full participant, as was Quentin Jefferson on Tuesday. Quentin Jefferson with a hip and uh, both full participants on Wednesday. Rashad Penny, Nico Thorpe, Ziggy Anza listed as full participants on Monday and Tuesday. So it looks like Rashad Penny will be back in the lineup against the Rams, barring any setbacks. And looking over on the Rams side of the injury report, Bryce Hager, their linebacker out with a shoulder injury. And former Husky safety Taylor Rapp will be doubtful for the game after not participating in practice for the first three days this week. Troy Reader likely going to be starting for Bryce Hager at linebacker. And if Rapp does sit out this game, it'll be Marquis Christian filling in his place. Of course, everybody who saw the game on Sunday wondering about Marcus Peters. Uh, he was listed on the injury report with a face injury, but a full participant in practice all week. And be sure to jump on over to fieldgoals.com. Kenneth Arthur has his five questions and five answers with Turf Show Times to get an idea of some of the big questions that Seahawks fans are wondering about leading into this Thursday night game against the Rams. Subscribe to this show at sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. And let's get on to my chat with Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports, and joining me right now inside the 600 KGEZ studios is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast, as well as the Field Goals podcast, as we talk about another week of the NFL. Brandon, great to chat with you once again after a Seahawks victory. Uh, after a Seahawks victory, they go to 3-1. and one. It's a good September. If I had to predict a record for September in advance, uh, I you know three and one sounded pretty good. I don't know if they I would have predicted that they get there in the way that they did, but I'm just glad it worked out. <laughs> well, they're among one of the top teams in the NFC. We've got a top matchup. I know we're going to get to that here with Thursday Night Football to, with the Rams uh, coming to town. Uh, but let's talk about that game against Arizona. And the first thing I want to start off with, and, and as the game got started, it was Jadavion Clowney with a big turnover. That was really important, I think, for the Seahawks. Well, one, to get out to a quick start and get points on the board with their off their offense right away. They the Cardinals have a missed field goal. The Seahawks able to drive down, get a field goal of their own. And then it was on that next Cardinal drive where Clowney able to tip the pass to himself and take it in for a touchdown. And the Seahawks just seem to operate so much better when they have an early lead, but they're never seeming to be willing to take the types of chances on the offensive side of the ball to really get out ahead and an early lead on teams. So when you can get a defensive score, that just makes it that much easier. And and I it, it was nice to see Clowney get involved in the way he did his first big play as a Seahawk. Well, I was about to say, it was something that we talked about a couple weeks ago. We really haven't seen a, a Clowney uh, impact, at least in my opinion, a Clowney impact yet. Uh, and so were you starting to get concerned considering the price you gave up? 
Well, he's had some moments where he's definitely uh, showed up on tape. But in terms of having, you know, like a signature type moment, I, I think that was his. And there, yeah, you get a little bit concerned because you know, pretty high priced talent and not having a whole lot of guys on the offensive line that can have an impact. You know, Ziggy Anza coming back from his injury. So we knew it was going to be kind of a slow start, especially with Jaron Reed being on suspension. Now he's only, you know, a couple games away from coming back. So that's really nice to know that you have that now coming up in just a few weeks. Penny misses a game again. CJ Procise saw a lot more action, uh, but Chris Carson, no fumbles, did rush for over 100 yards. What do you think about that backfield mix right now? Oh, that was a Chris Carson game right there. That was, I think I read that he had someone like 21 broken tackles in this game, which Ooh. is an insane number of broken tackles. Some running backs, you know, they don't get that for a full season. And he was, and if you go back and watch the game, you can just see how physical he was in, in so many moments. So I think he was running a little bit angry. I think maybe he had heard some of the criticism about the fumbles and, you know, if it was impacting him. And he wanted to go out and make a statement. And that's what he did in this game. He definitely did. And I think uh, with the same time, too, CJ Procise, nice game. Penny's going to get healthy here. Uh, just the weapons continue to develop here. How good can this offense really be after the first quarter of the season, you think? Well, and that's one of the things that we were really hoping for from this backfield. And there were the questions about, well, could Procise contribute and, and stay healthy through the season? It's been Penny who's, who's struggled, struggled with that now. But if you can have all three of those guys or one guy where you maybe give him less time just to kind of heal up and be fresh. So you have three guys who can and, and two who can be relatively fresh at any given moment. That's huge. And then, you know, just in terms of offensive weapons, if I look at the four guys, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, and then I think I throw Will Disley in there, too. Those four guys, I would put that up against any other four on any other team in the league. Well, let's talk about Will Disley, not only because he's a Montanan, but this yeah. guy is putting up great numbers. He's catching touchdown passes. I think this is his third consecutive game catching a touchdown pass, maybe even his fourth. Um, but can Will Disley, you think, get his name into the elite tight ends with his play and with the Seahawks? Yeah, he has four touchdowns now through the first four games and three in a row. You're right. It's I think he can be. And Russell Wilson, he thinks that he can be, too. He was saying that he's going to be a star tight end for a long time. And he's kind of the guy that I think we wanted Jimmy Graham to be, mm -hmm. you know, except, but he he can be the one that can do some blocking. <laughs> right. One of the reasons why they were comfortable getting rid of Nick Vanette, because he'd have his issues in the blocking game. So they bring back they bring back Luke Wilson, uh, who they're pretty comfortable with. And I think, yeah, Luke Wilson, I'm excited that really not since Zach Miller uh, when they were having their Super Bowl run. Did the Seahawks have that kind of complete tight end who was solid in the run game and the pass blocking game, but could also be your touchdown catching uh, machine? And Will Disley's looking like that for sure. And that's absolutely great because I know a lot of Montanans here are, are rooting for him to have success, continued success. And this guy's just putting up prolific numbers. He did really well in my fantasy league. Dude. Yeah, you got to pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, let's uh, just flip into the other side real quick, though. Kyler Murray, number one overall pick. Um, he had over 200 yards passing once again, though. Yeah, the interception, does Kyler Murray impress you? I think he's going to be good. I, for his rookie season and through four games, you know, if you go back and watch Russell Wilson's first four games, he he wasn't necessarily that impressive through you know, in terms of stats-wise, but right. um, you knew that he had that ability. 
And I think Kyler Murray, with if he can continue to be as accurate and you know deliver on time, he has a nice zip on the ball. I think he could be a good quarterback. He just needs to, I, I think, get more comfortable with the offense and take more chances downfield. And that can be just part of coaches maybe not wanting to put so much on him right away, much like Pete Carroll did with Russell Wilson. They, they didn't want to put a lot on him right away, kind of allow him to grow into the role, learn the offense a bit more before they start giving him you know more ability to to show off his talent so i think that's that's maybe what we're seeing and murray had his first rushing touchdown so uh that was good for him my featured guest is brandon schultz from the seahawkers and field goals podcast we'll talk about their thursday night matchup against the los angeles rams next year on the knock on sports We enter week five of the NFL season, and we've got Thursday Night Football. And what a matchup do we have on Thursday Night Football between the Rams and the Seahawks and NFC West Battle. This game will be in Seattle as well. I'll tell you what, Brandon, uh, I definitely want to go to this game. I do, too. I'm I'm having a hard time sitting at home going, oh, I could I could maybe make it in time for the game still. I could, you know, schedule some time off of work and make it make it work. But um, the, I, I'm, I think I'm going to be fine watching this on TV, too. This will this will be fun. I was going to say, this is going to be a good one here. And this one's interesting, not because of what the Seahawks done. It's just because of what the Rams are coming off of. And I want to kind of get your take. My Bucks put up 55 points on their defense. I was totally surprised. Again, I'm not going to lie. I, I was surprised we beat the Rams the way we did. Uh, but had, do you have any concerns with this with the Rams coming into this game after seeing what they did? And, and I don't mean concerns because obviously you want their concerns, but right. anything like where the Rams we woke, the Rams are awake now. <laughs> well, they still scored 40 points against the Bucks, so it's I. I think there's more for the Rams to be concerned about on their end in terms of what they've seen from Jared Goff now through the first four games. Mm -hmm. Six touchdowns, also six interceptions. He's fumbled the football four times. This They have, I think, some concerns up front with their offensive line. And I guess I don't think of the Bucks' defensive line being that legendary that you know the, the Seahawks won't be able to get similar pressure on Jared Goff or try and pressure him into making those similar mistakes. So I, I can turn around the question to you. What did you see <laughs> that your Bucks did that really seemed to frustrate Goff into making those turnovers? Or was he just having a bad day? One name, one name only, Shaq Barrett. Shaq yeah. Barrett was making life miserable for him because even if he wasn't getting to Goff, because I think he only had the one sack and then he had the fumble, um, Shaq Barrett was getting awfully close. Now, Grant, I was yelling at my TV because I felt like uh, Whitworth was holding Barrett the entire time. Right. <laughs> um, but still, I, I think that was the key is that you got a defensive end in Shaq Barrett who nobody knew of and I didn't know of, but he has just played out of his mind. I think that's Undrafted the free agent to yeah. play for the Broncos for four years, and this feels like his coming out. I I, I never really knew that he was going to be a star. After <laughs> after watching what he did, I sent out the tweet, pay this man. Uh, do not let him walk because Shaq Barrett definitely is definitely having to come out here in the NFL. I think that's the biggest thing for me is that you yeah. just have that one guy, and I think that's clowny for you guys, to get after him because I think that's just a part of it. And then on the defensive side, I, I don't know what to make because again, you got a lot of talent here. This you don't usually see that from a Wade Phillips defense. And I mean, they did shut down for the most part, Mike Evans, but there was no pressure. And that's the biggest thing that surprised me was Aaron Donald. I mean, he maybe had some quarterback pressures, but he really didn't touch Winston. Mm -hmm. And even with Dante Fowler and Brockers, a couple first round guys, 
they weren't really getting after Jameis. That's still my biggest concern because I do look at that Tampa Bay offensive line, and I think it, I think it might be better than the Seahawks offensive line. It's getting line. better. It's getting better. I don't. I wouldn't say that. We've just been getting better. But I, I think ours is getting better too. And I don't think of the Seahawks being the, you know, some great offensive line either. But I do see areas where they have their problems. And when I look at the def- defensive line for the Rams, and I see double digit pressures for each of them, yeah, Aaron Donald only has one sack. Uh, Michael Brockers, I think, only has one. They're getting them on the edges with Clay Matthews uh, having a good season, a resurgent season. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I do get a little bit concerned when I know that, uh, well, the Seahawks have some issues on the right side and they have had problems handling guys up the middle, too. And so, yeah, Aaron Donald does concern me going into this game. But he concerns every team. Well, I know. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm just surprised that he didn't cause more problems for Winston in last week's game. I'm not going to count on him having two back to back games where he doesn't cause quarterback problems. So that that is a little bit of a concern, but their their defense also it on the back end it doesn't scare me either because they given up last year they were giving up lots of points too and I I was thinking up until this game against the Bucks that you know maybe they had figured things out but then they go up and give give up fifty five. Well, I was going to say I think the biggest thing too was is I think Tampa Bay got off to a good start and that's something we yeah. talked about in the first segment. I think if it's for Seattle, you have to get off to a good start. Get a touchdown opening drive. Uh, get some points on the board. Put the Rams behind because at the same time, too, they really haven't used Gurley. And that's been kind of the more interesting part. Ever since like the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, Gurley's been a non-factor, it seems. And it's interesting going into this game now, too, because Gurley sounds frustrated about the getting all, whether it's you know, not getting the playing time or getting the questions about all of it, not getting playing time. And I'm kind of curious to see how he responds to that. Is he going to respond by trying, you know, trying a lot harder? And how does that result look? You know, some guys, when they try harder, they do worse. Mm -hmm. And so I I am curious to see that about Todd Gurley. But you're absolutely right in terms of what the Seahawks need to do. It's get up early and and play from from ahead and make the Rams play from behind and force Jared Goff into making some of those mistakes because if they get up on you early, it's going to be it's going to be tougher for the Seahawks to come back from because it takes Chris Carson out of the game. It's much like with the Rams. You, you take away play action from Jared Goff and he's going to struggle a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to say, and I think, too, with the passing game for Seattle, I think he, uh, they were able to shut down one guy. And I'm sure that's going to be Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think the Rams probably focus on him. So this is a big game, I think, for DK Metcalf and Will Disley. I mean, Tampa Bay didn't use O.J. Howard, and that still frustrates me, but. <laughs> I think that's a, a key right there too. Will Disley, this could be another big game for him uh, in the middle of the field. It could be, and it kind of depends on what kind of, of of looks the defense gives the Seahawks. Will Disley apparently has been playing a lot. You know, all of his catches, well, most of them have been coming against a, a zone defense. So it depends on how they handle him if they choose to go man to man versus playing zone against him. I, I think that could have an impact of of how Will Disley performs. DK Metcalf, absolutely. Uh, the his speed, I'll I'll take up against Akib Talib if that's the side that Talib's playing uh, against Marcus Peters. We've seen him get beat quite a few times as well. So I I am it, this is going to be a fun game with with all these matchups in this game. 
Who do you think has more pressure to win this ballgame? I feel like there's more pressure on the Rams, considering what just happened, to have to win this football game than the Seahawks. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of pressure on each of the team. I could say that there's a lot of pressure on the Seahawks because this is another home game. They've already lost one at home. This is a, an NFC West matchup. This is, you know, if the Seahawks lose this game to the Rams, this will equal the longest winning streak that the Rams have had over the Seahawks in history, going back to a, a streak that started in the 70s and went to the late 80s just because they didn't play very much uh, between those two teams. So this this could be the, the streak, and, and I could see the Seahawks wanting to stop that too. Once again, still joining me here in studio is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast as we make our NFL picks. Brandon, you're up on me by four games. You're 40 and 22. I am 36 and 26 on the season so far. What can I say? I'm just really, really good at this. I was about to say, you're doing pretty well. I got to make up some ground here. I got to stop picking the Falcons. You know what it is? I think it's because I've picked against the Falcons most weeks and and you've picked the Falcons. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, obviously let's start with Thursday night football. Uh, I I imagine you're going to take the Seahawks. I think I'm going to take the Seahawks. I think you would. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. So I'll take the Seahawks for the win. An, an interesting game. Jaguars, Panthers. Yeah, the Jags have been kind of on a tear. They just got a win in Denver. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Jaguars on this. All right. I'm, I don't feel good about it. I was but. gonna say it's gonna be really tough because like Kyle Allen's gonna face a tougher defense than uh that he's faced the last couple of yeah. weeks. So I think I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna take the Jags on this one. I'm, I'm really buying into the Gardner Gardner Minshew mania. Uh, <laughs> You're buying in now. I'm, oh, I'm all in. I'm all in. Uh, Patriots Redskins. How many touchdowns do the Patriots win by? Four, five. I didn't beat uh, Buffalo by many, so I'll say three. <laughs> Skins defense isn't as good as Buffalo though. That's true. Buffalo Bills at Tennessee Titans. Oh, this goes to whether or not you think the Titans will win this game because they win games that they shouldn't and lose games that I don't know. I I like the Bills. <laughs> I like the Bills too. I think the bigger question is going to be whether or not Josh Allen plays, but I'm going to still take oh, the Bills. Oh, that's true too. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to take the Bills just because the defense for the Bills is better and Marcus Mariota has a hard time with tough defenses. Yeah. Uh, Ravens as Steelers. That's pretty easy, I think. Is it? Steelers may be a little bit resurgent. No, I'm going to take Ravens. I was about to say, really, <laughs> that that Monday night football game against the Bengals impressed you that much? <laughs> well, uh, the Ravens didn't do all that great this last week either. Uh, Cardinals at Bengals. I, oh, gosh, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Bengals in this one. I'm going to go against you on that one. Uh, Falcons at Texans. I'm going to take the Texans. Falcons aren't good. We've, we've established that. Yes. Uh, Buccaneers at the Saints. This one's interesting, especially with the Saints coming off. Uh, impressive victories. The Buccaneers beat the Rams in L.A. The Saints lost to the Rams in L.A., but they're back home. Saints seem to have it worked out now after losing Drew Brees. They have back-to-back wins. Ooh. Stuff, though. I, I don't know where to go. You Tell me where you're going. I'm going to pick the Of course opposite. I'm going the Bucs. Okay, I'm going to take the Saints. All right. <laughs> I mean, right now, I mean, I'm buying in because, I mean, offensively, look at what we're doing against a pretty good Rams defense. Yeah. Why can't we do that against uh, the Saints defense? I just have to pick against you on this one. I, that wouldn't shock me if the Bucks won this game. I'm, I'm hoping they do. Uh, Vikings at Giants. This one looks a lot more interesting now that Daniel Jones has won two games for the Giants. It does, but I also think that he's due for a loss, and the Vikings, they're, they're coming off a tough loss to, to the Bears. I think it's time for them to bounce back a little bit. And the Bears defense is so tough. I, I expect Dalvin Cook to have a big day against the Giants. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to kind of agree with you there because uh, the Giants did give up a lot. Uh, Tam- to Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago. Bears, Raiders, I think Khalil Mack gets his revenge. Yeah, I'm, mm, I, I'll go Bears. So. 
Eagles, Jets. I'm going Jets. Or sorry, not Jets. I'm going Eagles. <laughs> yes. Everybody's going Eagles. Uh, Chargers, Broncos. As much as I hate to say it, I think I already know the outcome. Chargers kick a late game winning field goal. <laughs> I'm going to take the Chargers on this one, too. This is probably going to be a low scoring game. The Chargers, they, they just haven't been that good. They haven't been that uh, Too many injuries for yeah. them. Uh, this is a good one. This probably should have been the Sunday night game, but Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, is it too late to flex this to Sunday night? Because this is the kind of the game that I want to see. Um, I'm going to take the Packers. I want to go the Cowboys get back on track. So I'm going to take the Cowboys here. Chiefs, Colts, surprising game between Detroit and, and Kansas City. I didn't think it was going to be that close. I The defense, I'm I'm glad that they gave the Chiefs a tough time. They probably... They probably should have won that game based on how things went. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs, though. It's tough to pick against them. Yeah, I was about to say the Colts don't scare me. Uh, Cleveland at San Francisco. San Francisco still undefeated. Cleveland look like they're playing better. It's time for the 49ers to come back to the pack. I'm picking the Browns. And I agree with you, Brandon. I will take the Browns as well. We'll see how it all comes out. The last week, uh, you were 9-6. and six. I was 8-7. and seven. We'll see how it all plays out. we got a couple of cross-action games where we'll, somebody will get the edge. Brandon Schultz joining me here from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch an episode of the podcast, how can they do it? Yeah, check us out, seahawkerspodcast.com, or you can subscribe to any of the SB Nation podcasts at sbnation.com forward slash NFL podcasts. Brandon, always appreciate the time. Always appreciate the insight. Look forward to chatting with you next week, my friend. 